Hello, and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Lisa Bell. Our food generates a lot of waste. What you buy at the grocery store all comes in packaging, and a lot of it cannot be recycled. At home, food goes bad, leftovers go uneaten, and peels end up in the trash. And restaurants are rife with single-use plastics, from cutlery to straws and to-go containers. Most of it ends up in the dump. But there is one Central Florida entrepreneur working to change all that. Andrea Ruiz Hayes is the founder of Eco Strategies Group. In less than a year, she has helped businesses and restaurants move toward becoming zero waste. She talks with us about how big of a problem food waste is, how she works with companies to reduce their contributions to the landfill, and what we can all do in our own homes. Hello and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Lisa Bell, along with our producer, Thomas Mates. Hello. Now, what we eat and drink can generate a lot of waste. Packaging and single-use plastics, not to mention food that expires or leftovers that end up in the trash, and it can all end up in the dump. So today we are talking with the founder of a Central Florida company that looks to change all that, Andrea Ruiz Hayes, who is joining us from Eco Strategies Group. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, this is a new firm that you just started last May. That's right. But you have been talking trash for decades, as you like to say. That's right. I have been talking trash for decades. Thank you for adding that up. So how did you get started in this trash food waste industry? Sure. Well, um, it is kind of an interesting story, if if you will, because I don't think I would have found myself being one that always kind of peers into dumpsters, even when I'm on vacation, right? Right. But um, and truth behold, I do do that. Um, you know, it was something I've always been personally passionate about our environment. Um, and I've always done things uh, in my personal life. But it was great when my career started, my professional career started to align with that. So I did work for Walt Disney World Resort for 20 years. And the last five years of it, I was on the environmental integration team leading the company's sustainability efforts. And that's where I saw great improvement once you can turn a culture of people and behavior into doing something really great. And that lit the Mm -hmm. fire for inside of me. And I found ways that I could do the same thing for other organizations, companies, municipalities, and people in general. Well, certainly with a company like Walt Disney, world even a minor change can have a huge impact in terms of single-use plastics if they you know go away from that into something else and you saw those results firsthand oh yeah it was it was tremendous and I think that's where and you know when I was meeting people and I still do today Mm -hmm. and being able to help kind of set things right if you will because there's so much confusion out there about what should we be using where should it be going and am I still doing the right thing Um, and when you finally give people those those answers that they're looking for they feel empowered like okay Mm -hmm. I can do this but just giving a little bit of that help and that nudge answering some of those questions really goes a far distance so without speaking for Disney directly but for say a companies other companies you may have worked with or right. when, what drives companies generally to like look to reduce their imp- their, their footprint as it were sure there's a couple things that are happening um, socially there's a lot of pressure which is great okay so that means their customers clients us as consumers and even possibly sometimes as employees are raising up to go, hey, so why am I always throwing this cardboard in the dumpster? Or I notice we're actually not recycling at all. Or as I said, even consumers, now patrons of businesses are raising to say, you're still using styrofoam? What? (laughs) Why are you doing that? So that's great. That does shift. But also there are some times where it 
it's monetarily uh, a benefit to a business owner or organization to make the switch, if you will. And going green can be good not only for the environment, but for business. So what does zero waste look like? Because we hear that term thrown around mm -hmm. all the time and a goal for so many people right. to have zero waste. What exactly right, is right, that? Right, right, yeah. I know that feels like it's something like out in the air that we should be able to grab. Right, yeah. The technical term for zero waste means that 90% of your waste has been diverted from the landfill. And that's by weight, not by volume. So a lot of our trash mm -hmm. should be weighed before it's going into the landfill or to an incinerator. So 90% of waste diverted continually, that's either at a one time like Super Bowl event, if you will, mm -hmm. or and for an operation facility should be at least operating that way for at least three months to six months for them uh, to be able to achieve to that point. Because you want to make sure that you're not just getting a one off. And if that you will. is achievable. That seems like a lot. It is yeah. achievable. So here's here's how that goes is, you know, uh, my clients, uh, I come in, I talk with them, I review their operation. No matter what the facility is doing, I talk with the employees, the leadership, I get a handle of what's actually coming in and what's going out. And there are options. And so I help them, if you will, sort through mm -hmm. those options. Um, but guess what? One of the biggest producers of uh, towards that weight, that metric, is food. Food is very heavy per its volume. Mm -hmm. It's one of the heaviest items that's out, outside of some sort of metal. Um, and it also creates some of those ugly greenhouse gases that we're also well aware of now too. So um, making sure they have the appropriate um, containers to divert the material in their facility as well as their respected uh, dumpsters, if you will, or even food waste carts. Uh, there are some options to divert food waste, if you will. On an individual level, I've heard some people say, well, you know, what's the big deal if I throw away this banana peel mm -hmm or this apple core, it's going to disintegrate anyways. So, you know, why is that a problem if it goes to the landfill? Well, okay. Um, in most cases, that kind of is the only option mm -hmm. unless you do have a local program that or you collect. compost in yes, your house. You yeah. could compost in your backyard. Yeah. And yes, the banana peel, actually, we've probably all seen it almost shrivel away on our <laughs> kitchen table. Yes. And, Darn <laughs> it, I didn't eat it soon enough. Um, but they will decompose. Now, it does produce methane right? Um, that one banana by itself is not producing a whole heck of a lot of methane per its item. But when you think about all the other food and other things that are contributed in going to landfills. Now, what I will tell you is there are some landfills here, even in Florida and in the nation that don't capture their methane. So yes, that means that gas is actually being released off. Um, there are some guidelines per that is any kind of new landfill that's being created. But yeah, there's places here in, in Florida that don't capture that. So that means that gas that the banana peel and other things they're emitting are actually making it up into the environment. So I know that locally, uh, at least one of, for instance, is the Hammered Lamb. Mm. It's a restaurant in I've Yay, Village area. Hammered Lamb. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, you, you, you help them to get down to that zero waste threshold. What right. exactly did that entail for them? Specifically? Yeah, a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> and hopefully if, if Jason was sitting here and his team, he'd say the, the same thing. Um, we do have those, what I call trash talk. Mm -hmm. And um, I came out uh, a couple of different times mm -hmm. in the beginning to talk with the owner operators and then the staff. Um, and again, sorted through the facility, but making sure they have the right bins. So that meant actually uh, between Hammered Lamb, Jason Lambert, mm -hmm. and actually I had to get his landlord involved because we had to get with City of Orlando to change out the dumpster. So they used to have just one huge trash dumpster. 
Um, and then we downsized the trash dumpster and brought in a recycle dumpster. Yep, it all has to fit in this little 12 by 12 corral, if you will, because um, no one's going to give up a parking space, by the way, mm -hmm. which yeah. I completely understand. And in this case, um, Jason went for it and he wanted to do the food waste program as well. Oh. So with City of Orlando, they've got a great program collecting food waste for a very nominal fee, extremely nominal, especially when I just told you how much food waste can weigh. Um, and that way you can capture uh, kitchen scraps, uh, those garnishments on, you know, drinks. Everybody. From their famous Bloody Mary Exactly. Bar, right? <laughs> so if you haven't eaten all your celery, uh, any yeah. other, other leftovers, the limes and lemons, they all go in. And um, that is, uh, that's how, because actually when you look at a place like the Hammered Lamb, they're producing beverages, drinks. Most people are consuming those things and the few scraps that are left are food. But then when you think about it, the cardboard, the paper, the glass, the aluminum, the cans, most of everything else there is recyclable. And I actually sat down with Jason in this case and we reviewed the other packaging that exists mm -hmm. and went through options as to what he could do to sort through that. And was there a cost savings benefit? Because I've been to a restaurant before and I will ask them what type of material is their doggy bag made out of or yeah. their to-go box. And if it's styrofoam, I will refuse it. But I don't know. I mean, is there one thing that's better than the other? Is plastic just the same as paper or styrofoam? Or what's the worst, yep. in your opinion? Okay, so um, when I am talking with my clients, or actually anybody who will ask me this question, so it's great, is let's stay away from the styrofoam. We've all agreed it's bad, it's ugly, it's going to be here well beyond our life and probably a few generations more. So let's not do that. So that's number one, go ahead and get rid of that. If you have to do a recyclable to-go container, make sure it's a number one or number two. And so when I say that, I mean, somewhere on that plastic, there should be a little tiny, gonna feel like you need to get your eyeglasses out, a little <laughs> tiny recycle symbol and inside yeah. there, you should see a number one or number two, okay? So if you don't see that, that means it's probably not recyclable because they are okay. looking for those numbers, that's a recyclable. If you can't get to that level, then go to your heavier paper product to, for it to go, for the wings, for mm -hmm. uh, the extra salad, whatever it was that you needed to take home. Mm -hmm. Yes, right now it will still go to the landfill. Unfortunately, there isn't a commercial compost facility here in Central Florida, but you can be rest assured that that paper is probably gonna break down within the year because of the yeah. heat that's, that's captured. And the local landfill here does capture and burn off the methane. So here in Central Florida, those are the best options. But hey, um, you know, I do actually bring my own to-go container because there are certain restaurants that give me a healthy plate and right. I know that I will never eat all that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you hate to see, I mean, food waste is a huge problem, it seems. And so you hate to throw all that food away and certainly you've just paid a decent mm -hmm. amount of money right. for it. But mm -hmm. then you also hate to add to the waste right. by taking home this extra container. Right. Yeah. So aside from the containers, though, it's, you know, it goes beyond that to all the single use plastics, your utensils and napkins and mm -hmm. packaging for all that stuff. Like what what are the options for restaurants there? I know like straw bands are becoming mm -hmm. a big thing. Yeah. But that's uh, from what we've heard, largely more symbolic than anything else. I think it was, you know, I, it's great. But mm -hmm. look at what it has done. It's made people realize, oh, yeah, do we really need to default with that or right. just offer it upon request? Great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's fine. It leads let people to kind of think about that. Um, there are a couple other options out there as far as uh, 
tableware, if you will, and serviceware. If it is a sit-down restaurant, there is any kind of opportunity for a dishwasher to be installed. Um, what I think the owner-operator can see is that their return on investment should with come within that year or shortly after that. So yes, there is an investment with the dishwasher, but then there's also some operational efficiencies that get away from that. And do we really need, uh, you know, a plastic food, mm -hmm. spoon, fork, knife, and then a, in a napkin in a plastic right. wrapper mm -hmm. I, with salt and pepper. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Too, trash, too much. Yeah. Right. When you just realize, oh, I, I just needed a fork. I didn't right. mm -hmm. need all this. Um, there are other compostables. And again, uh, much like that other to-go container that I talked about, people can feel comfortable about using those and offering them as part of the kind of disposable options. They will break down and they will not last as long as we will here on this planet. So you can be rest assured about that. But other than that, you know, people can actually start taking things. I know um, we do when we plan, I and mean, especially when I'm on a vacation trip, I actually have a little package uh, where I keep all of my reusables um, with me, my little fork, spoon, knife, and a couple of straws and a little cleaner. I do have to plan yeah. for that, but I'm mindful about it, and I want to make the difference. What's up with the magic number of one and two? Because on plastic what? containers, you see it goes up to like seven. So it does. Are three, four, five, six, and seven mm. bad? Okay, so, <laughs> uh, well... I, it's just who wants them. I think okay. that's where it's down and to right now. And that's a key thing because we've done stories. So many people will recycle and it ends up, I mean, China has stopped accepting right. a lot of recyclables. So are the stuff that you think you're recycling actually being recycled? Right. Okay. So this is a great question. Um, and we talked about earlier, you heard me say about a one and a two, sometimes a five. And yeah. I say a sometimes five. Otherwise, all the other numbers can almost be assured that they are being sent to the landfill, okay? Now, there are some one-offs in some unique places that are capturing them, but you and I as consumers, when we're taking stuff home that maybe we can recycle or when we're walking through downtown or a park and there's an option to recycle, they're only going to want that ones and twos and maybe mm -hmm. fives. And here's what I'd say is that most important is uh, it's something that's catching wind is Recycle Across America is a really cool nonprofit organization, and their focus is on standardized labels. So it's important that people have labels on bins because otherwise you're guessing. You don't know whether yes. you can actually put your paper and your aluminum can and your water bottle all in the same bin. So there needs to be a little bit more direction rather than just the chasing arrows yes. on the bins. And it seems like every county or city is different or has mm -hmm. different rules. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It, and that is what's tricky. And that's why I'm I'm helping. And you'll hear it too if mm -hmm. you call some local municipalities, the one and two and maybe five is what you're going to hear. Um, there are quite a few different MRFs, material recovery facilities here in Florida. And that's where our stuff recyclables go and it all really depends on the contract that they have with that MRF and who that MRF has a contract with as a buyer if you will but absolutely ones twos and sometimes fives I'm only saying sometimes fives because it really that's another trend that's happening but right now ones and twos are the ones that we need there's to there's something for. in that yeah it's the, it's the that... type of plastic because it's a higher value okay. uh, right so there is a monetary value to this someone is purchasing this material once it's created and made into a really large bale think of it as like a commodity mm -hmm. so these places are kind of holding them up <laughs> until they can sell them off to the next you know next supplier the next travel down the path would actually be that they're being um, shredded chipped and then melted in some way so it's not too far down that it's happening but the ones and twos have the value the other plastics the value is just not there and you mentioned earlier about china no longer taking our stuff we just don't have the infrastructure here also to accept those other numbers to turn them into something else
So you worked with Hammered Lamb, which is, a, a as we've said, mm. a great restaurant in the Ivanhoe District with a great Bloody Mary bar. Um, but what <laughs> other types of businesses are you working with to help them reduce waste? Because you look at any business. I mean, people have so much paper that's generated, yeah. mm-hmm. um, tons of waste anywhere you go. You know, here's something that's actually caught on. There's quite a bit that, I, and I could probably sit here for a long time to talk about them all. What's interesting to me is a lot of um, nonprofit organizations have recently reached out to me. Those that have a mission of health and wellness mm-hmm. have recently reached out to me because I think they're realizing that their brand aligns with that as well. So if we're going to have our personal health and wellness, we also need to be transcending those behaviors, not only at work, but at home too. Um, one of the larger projects I had just a couple of uh, months ago, and I was happy to volunteer with it, but was turning Come Out With Pride green, mm-hmm. and recycling was offered for the very first time there with 100 and what was that now, 80 or 190? 90,000 people in attendance. And so that was really phenomenal, again, to be able to see something like that on a very large scale. And people did it right. Mm-hmm. Well, and you would think that many municipalities would just kind of have that as kind of a standard thing when any time there's a big event uh, in a downtown area where they're going to have tons of people, that they would have kind of a focus on recycling and capturing some of those single-use products. Yes. Yeah, so I know for City of Orlando, if someone's going to go pull a permit that would require, you know, outdoor venue, uh-huh. there is a little bit of a rigor that's going through that and I also know that the sustainability resilience team is also looking at what other ways they can do once someone Mm -hmm. does that that request that they can make sure that they've got a solid waste plan uh, Mm -hmm. solid waste plan (laughs) and um, and that does include making sure they kind of checks and balance but you're right um, the city can't go go to quite extent but that's where you know folks like myself Mm -hmm. can come around and and help and make sure that you know, events, mm-hmm. venues are doing the right thing and they're set up for success because we certainly yeah. don't want to see anybody wasting time or money just trying to do the right thing. How's it been going for you? I mean, you started this new firm last May of 2019 yeah. after decades working for Disney. That's a big leap. It was. A big change. Yeah. And so, you know, how has that process been and, and how receptive has the business community been to what oh, you're offering? it's been fantastic. <laughs> um, I am quite busy and that's great. Yeah. Uh, I also have quite a few clients. I mean, honestly, um, it's awesome to be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and to have such interest and be able to create an entire business model, right? Because yeah. not only my business, business, but I'm also able to turn this opportunity into something that's beneficial, you know, for my firm as well to keep me going. And I've been able to find that sweet spot because there's really no one else that's in this central Florida area that's doing the work that I am. I don't just sell bins. I don't just sell labels. I don't just come in and connect you with a hauler. I make sure that it's a process and it's mm-hmm. a full-on system and so some of these are the things I just talked about do exist individually but there's no one actually putting it all together and that's what's needed to make sure that it's it's ending up in the right place and the right effort is made and that it's it's truly an investment I want to make sure that people are going to make this investment that yeah. that uh, they're able to see the right thing happening so the city of Orlando is obviously you know very like green focused they have their green works initiatives and uh, they give away composters to people and I've, I've, we've spoken with uh, their head of sustainability yeah. Um, and but you know maybe not every municipality is like that. Have you maybe gotten some without naming names some pushback from municipalities who are just like no we're we're not going to go that direction. We're we're we're, we're that's going to be cost prohibitive maybe. You know I think it's tough right now because recycling is getting a hard time mm-hmm. and. Uh, I always want to try to make sure people understand, yes, but it can happen and Mm -hmm. that we shouldn't just all give up. Um, There is a little bit of investment that's needed. And so I am proud that, yes, City of Orlando has made that investment for the backyard composters. But honestly, to build a composter is really not that difficult. And certainly you can buy things online, even have them 
delivered. Um, then you have something maybe if you want to create a garden or give the compost away. It's kind of fun, especially if you want to engage community members. It is possible. There is a bit of, um, if you want to go to the next level where we were going to accept it curbside, if you will, a bit of an investment mm -hmm. and getting mm -hmm. a municipality to confirm on that. Um, you know, it, it is challenging, but I think that's where then there's uh, groups out there, social groups that are helping people to educate as to what other options exist. And that way they don't have to completely uh, rely on the municipality. At this point, I think we as consumers just need to figure out what's the right thing to do. And yes, it'd be great if we could rely on our municipality or corporations to solve all this, but we can't. So we as a group need to figure this out. Is there anywhere in the world where that's happening, where municipalities are picking up food waste? Oh, uh, yeah, you mm -hmm. see that quite often. I'm going to just say the Northwest <laughs> because yeah. it's- Portland, a, Oregon, yeah, I can yeah, say okay, they yeah, do. We were talking yeah. about that before the show started where, yeah, you can see things that are sorted out, um, not only curbside, but they're respectful dumpsters as well that are made available in those areas. So. It can happen. I think that's where then the culture and the shift of the people and the residents there are demanding yeah. for that. And I think Central Florida, specifically in the city of Orlando, we're getting there. So thank you to the leadership and Mayor Dyer and Chris Castro and others that are helping to lead that. But then the residents are going to follow through and to support that. And that kind of helps that make more of a circular program, whereas they see more residents getting involved other solutions and again it doesn't just have to be the municipality It'd be great if another business could come up and provide for some of those solutions and certainly if you can show that they can save money it helps getting a lot of people on board that's true yeah. absolutely and it can happen if you can find some operational efficiencies just like i said you know the recycling there is a value to those materials just as there is a value to our food waste if somebody were able to have a really large compost facility that can be sold into local agriculture mm -hmm. So going back to like the average homeowner, the average individual, there are basic things that we can do and change in our everyday lives to make a difference. And if more people would do that, it would have a huge impact. What are some of those things that you would recommend that people do just in their everyday lives? Okay, um, reuse, reuse, reuse. We need to get away from single use items. I mean, they're all around us. They inadvertently come in at us and we've <laughs> just, you know, really starting to awaken now to the fact of how much is yeah. in our lives. So first off, start looking at what you are purchasing, yeah. what's coming into your day-to-day -day life and how you can go back to a reusable. We do kind of need to, if you say, go back to that yeah. because there was a time it's when that hard, was- hard though. We're getting away from that. Like I with know. these food delivery it apps is, and yes. stuff, everything's being brought to you right. in plastic containers. It is and, so tough. Yeah. Well, and when you think about the inefficiencies and while that does sound appetizing to have produce delivered to you in a box, uh, think of all the carbon emissions that were associated with that and then all of yes. the dunnage trash of the wrap. I mean, my gosh, there was this program where uh, I tried having this healthy food service come, but it was wrapped in this mesh of a thing that could get recycled and all of it ended up going to the trash except for the food inside and I thought okay this doesn't feel good yeah. I can't I can't do that so mm. look and see what you're consuming try to eliminate any kind of dunnage trash that's associated with that and then you know look at the brands is there an alternate to the brand is there somebody else that's providing that make a switch or communicate I think we as the public if we start saying uh, into these large brands hey we're not going to be buying from you if you keep having this in an item that I can't recycle or that we know isn't valuable. So we as consumers have some power with that and really starting to analyze what are we doing on a day-to-day -day basis and, and what, what is our impact and that 
there are other options out there and we have control just like I talked about my little package that I take on vacation. You mm-hmm. talked about switching brands if you're in a grocery store for example do you have a preference versus like a tin can or a glass mm-hmm. container or a plastic container you know if you're buying say marinara sauce which one do you choose? Oh yeah that's difficult right now specifically yeah because glass is having a hard time um, and uh, the glass sorting facilities are a few and far between especially here in Florida and the southeast um, so glass can be reused so I like the fact that you could reuse your let's say marinara sauce uh-huh. for you know holding uh, another liquid or maybe you wanted to organize your uh, you know We'd be inundated with glass jars if I tried to keep every glass I jar. Know. You know, like, I know. If you ever seen people in their garage they used to hold their screws right? and their nails yeah. and like these uh, yeah. old guys organizing their stuff. So after that, I would default to metal. Metal is still very valuable okay. and it's desired. And the way that, as I earlier talked about the MRFs, material recovery facilities, there are ways that these metals are picked up and identified early on. And there's, uh, there's a strong monetary value for that. And it has an endless ability to be recycled. Whereas glass, still every once in a while needs natural resources and definitely plastic, has a finite amount. Like it, mm-hmm. it actually has to have virgin material brought into it to keep its rigidity. So um, I definitely would use would use metal if I can maybe then glass and then the last would be plastic oh, one or two mm-hmm. plastic yeah ones and twos <laughs> and you would see me if you see me at a grocery store you'll see me tipping some things up yeah. now and I've even got my wife and family members to do it I think they they're trying it's yeah. interesting I, I love your passion for this you know and I feel like that's something that people are just kind of born with you know what I mean this care for the environment mm-hmm. and and realizing that there's a huge problem and wanting to tackle it because it's a it's a big problem it mm-hmm. is it is a big problem yeah. and I'm I am fortunate enough that yes I do have this passion yeah. but I have seen when it makes a difference and I think you know it is doable it is feasible and that we all have control it's not like we we have you know no options we do have our options mm-hmm. and I think helping people see what those options are and answering some of those small questions, things that we've just been talking here um, this afternoon really helps out. Because I think most people want to do better. They want to do what's best for the environment. And certainly if it's you're at the store aisle and I can choose this over this and and it's a better choice, then they'll gladly do it. But it's being informed and knowing what to do. Right, that's right. And I think we will then see more of a shift in um, packaging and in the brands, there'll be more mm-hmm. awareness that's made for that. That would be too. nice yeah. to see if you how saw do you, that on packaging. How do you get people energized? Maybe people who are like sort of waffling on it or who don't necessarily like feel that they, they, they're impacting the environment as much as they may be. Like how, how do you... What do you say to them? How do you how do you turn their perspective? Oh, come on. <laughs> well, um, I certainly, as you can see, uh, I bring my my full personality because it can be a little bit of a drab, dry topic. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> even though I like talking trash, not everybody else does. Um, so I certainly meet them where they're at, uh-huh. um, and depending on who they are relative to the organization. So maybe if you're not so keen on what's happening to the environment, maybe I'll show you where that return on investment is and how you can have some cost savings quarterly or annually and that maybe you know yes if it's thousands of dollars to an entrepreneur that's a big deal Uh okay honestly that's a big deal to anybody so even if I were to 
tell the station here that they could save a couple thousand dollars, they'd say, how? Sign me up, right? Yeah. (laughs) So um, sometimes it's that. Um, I also do remind them that that is something of an employee retention opportunity, too, because a a lot of people now are looking at how we're um, treating the environment just as much as like diversity and inclusion, Mm -hmm. if you will, and what are our employee policies and practices. So there is some model there that is very similar to follow that along. And then also I remind uh, my potential clients about opportunities for marketing of this. So social media, websites, showcasing, and I give them a whole marketing campaign package after we started to implement that they can start putting that out online as well as on their storefronts to let their consumers and employees know, yes, we are doing the right thing. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be very rewarding for you to feel like you're making a difference and to have these, these business owners tell you that you are and that you've helped make change with what they're doing. Oh, it does feel good. Um, and I like to check up, you know, um, I stick with my clients for at least a month, sometimes a little longer, because I like to see them start getting into a sustainment mode, but I'll check on them every once in a while, even (laughs) afterward. But what's also really cool is I've had um, people from City of Orlando, uh, employees, staff members, and other, let's call them hauler service providers, send me notes with pictures of how good looking the bins are and how perfect (laughs) it is, and they want me to pass that through. So even they are noticing, which is what's needed, right? I mean, we think about how we collectively can all do the right thing together, what a profound impact we can have. So where can people find your consulting firm? Yeah, if you go to ecostrategiesgroup.com, um, you can find me on the website there, mm-hmm. as well as then the Ecostrat on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and Twitter as well. And I also have a Facebook page uh, that you can follow me on too, Ecostrategies Group. This is so exciting. Imagine where you're going to be 10 years from now. I know. You know? I'm so yes. excited. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I hope we have somewhat solved this. And maybe now you're talking to me about, so Andrea, we solved this. Now now what? Right? Let's, yeah, let's right. hope maybe round yes. two is about what's left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us oh, today. Oh, thank you for your thank time. You. Great time. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. That was great. Yes. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Andrea Ruiz Hayes. You can find her business, EcoStrategies Group, online at ecostrategiesgroup.com. You can also find it on social media. Just search for EcoStrategies Group on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell on social media as well. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram or Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. You can also find her children's books online at normangnomebooks.com. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Florida Foodie is available to download wherever you get your podcasts. Please take the time to rate and review us there as well. You can also find videos of all of our podcasts on clickorlando.com slash podcasts.